When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, from my car for some reason. <laughs> uh, Anthony Broom here uh, with Ryan Van Bergen, Wolverine.com postgame show. Michigan wins 41-13 over Purdue on Saturday night. Uh, we will talk about offensive takeaways, defensive takeaways, everything from the game. appreciate you guys sticking around if you're watching the live. I had some tech issues and some location issues after the show. So uh, here we are. Uh, the show must go on. I am staring at very busy traffic uh, here on Stadium Boulevard, but uh, I'm not in traffic. I am parked, but the show goes on. Ryan, uh, coming off of a bye week uh, that felt like maybe the longest bye week in the history of college football, giving everything that's gone on. Uh, just your overarching thoughts on what we saw tonight. I think you're spot on with what you can expect out of a bye week, especially one that had so much drama that it was not centered around what was the the football that was going to be played this evening. But um, I thought that there was a little bit of miscue in the first half, especially offensively. thought J.J. had a couple balls that were thrown in locations that just weren't the proper spot. But I thought as the game continued and progressed, I thought you saw all facets of the game get a little bit better. Second half, third quarter specifically, I thought we played really good football. And overall, a really solid win again. And I think this is exactly what you need. Because this is, I, I don't know if you felt it today, but I started to feel like it's almost playoff football type with the college football playoff rankings coming out. And then you kind of think about what the scenario is with wins and in, in the games that we have here in November. So we're finally there and it's uh, almost a winner go home mentality and they got the job done today. Absolutely. They did. Uh, and I'm with you. It does feel like it's playoff time. It's November football uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, we saw Michigan starters play well into the fourth quarter of this game. So a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about. We will get through offensive takeaways, defensive takeaways, and take some questions. I think given it's a night game, given that this one, for the most part, looked like all of these games have looked, probably go a little bit shorter tonight. Uh, but before we get into it, I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Uh, it's my favorite premium collegiate, uh, collegiate apparel brand. Uh, I, I, I'm not kidding, guys. I have an entire drawer full of this stuff at my house. It, it drives... Drives my girlfriend nuts uh, when it's time to put clothes away. Drives me nuts when I have these clothes all over the place, but in a good way, a happy nuts. Um, they just released a Michigan snapback, uh, the bomber jacket you see there on the screen. You've got uh, you know your hoodies, sweatshirts, vintage designs uh, inspired by past Big Ten championships in both football and basketball. Uh, also inspired by some of the iconic moments in Michigan history. So uh, first time purchasers over at the home field can use the promo code Wolverine 23 for 15% off your first order. I mean, again, those bomber jackets are sweet. I have the baseball script hoodie, which is one of my favorite things to wear around the house. So uh, get in on it today. A uh, shout out to Connor and uh, to Joshua over at home field for always hooking us up and being great partners to the Wolverine. So promo code Wolverine 23 for 15% off your first order over at homefieldapparel.com check them out today. 
Ryan, we will talk about the game here super quick. But the last, or I should say super quick before we talk about the game. The last time that you and I spoke two weeks ago tonight was kind of the, you know, the, the early stages of everything going on with the alleged illegal scouting operations, the sign stealing stuff, all of this noise and all of this bluster around the program. And, you know, I don't know if this is the forum for us to get into it entirely. I mean, we've done a ton of podcasts over on our site, ton of written work reporting over there on what's going on here. But from a player perspective, I don't know that you ever dealt with anything quite this boisterous and quite this loud, but when there is all this outside noise uh, around a program, how hard is it for players to lock in and kind of refocus, especially, you know, for this group coming off a bye week now? I think it presents the opportunity to circle the wagons and try to rally yourselves around the negativity that's being thrown your way because everything that is being air quote leaked and that has kind of been mainstream, whether it's fact or not has been damaging to the, the resume and the reputation of this team. And you, you watch a football game unfold and regardless of what may or may not be true, none of that has anything to do with uh, how many times or how much the, or how many scores the defense has given up so far this year and how many turnovers they've created and uh, not having any penalties and some of the different things that this team is able to do and these players have been able to do is being overshadowed by this, you know, what, what could be fact could be fiction cloud that has been generated over the last two weeks. So it gives you an opportunity as a players to say, Hey guys, put the phones away, delete the app, whatever you want to do. But uh, listening to this isn't going to get us to where our goals are. Our goals this year are still all out in front of us. There's nothing we can do to control what's going to happen, if anything is to happen. Uh, so there's no point in focusing on that. Let's focus on us. Let's focus on getting better. And let's focus on what we came here to do. And I feel like this was a good game to come out off of a bye week, knock some rust off, and get ready for some big dust-ups that we've been looking forward to this year. And I thought, we'll start on offense here. I thought offensively, they got out to a pretty quick start. Uh, I think the first drive from scrimmage was six plays, 76 yards, something along those lines. Early on, those guys came out, I thought, and played with their hair on fire. And, you know, late in the second quarter or sometime in the second quarter, I don't want to say they let their foot off the gas, but it was just sloppy. Uh, the run game, again, we're nine weeks into the year, and I tend to believe that they may just be what they are at this point, as well as the Michigan offensive line. And I still think it's good enough for them to ultimately reach their goals. But, uh, again, uh, offensively, I think start fast, then a little bit of rust set in. JJ wasn't quite on it tonight, which is crazy to say that, you know, he still throws for over 300 yards. I still think completed two thirds of his passes. So uh, a quote unquote off night for him, but overall uh, workman like uh, from the offense and, you know, just your overall takeaway from what you saw there. I did think that we're looking for this running game to emerge. I think we've we've all talked about waiting for this team to pop some runs and Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards to get some longer runs. And uh, I think cr you have to credit a little bit of the run defense to what Purdue's scheme is. I mean, they mentioned it quite a bit on the broadcast, but Purdue likes to play the safety 30 yards back and then – that allows them to play their other safety always in the box. So you're always against an eight man front and we're in two tight end personnel. And I think you 
overall, especially the first half, I think the second half we got a little bit less creative. But in the first half, uh, Sharon Moore was in his bag with some of the play calls that we were taking. Not only just the play calls, but the pre-snap motions and movements that you saw, trying to take advantage of some of the looks that we were getting from Purdue. I thought we had an excellently called first half game plan. And then, like you said, we got a little bit slower, a little lethargic. But we're also running the ball into a loaded box over and over and over again. And part of me thinks like, do you just let J.J. throw it 40, 50 times and see what happens? But, again, Michigan is going to go back to our identity. We're going to try and run the football on first down and on second down, and we'll take our three yards in a cloud of dust. But, um, overall, I thought the offense played well. Like I said, I always am cautious as what's going to come after a bye week. And uh, I think some of the things that you could consider miscues on the offense can be attributed to that's what happens after a bye week. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, offensively, uh, th- maybe the biggest development of the game, um, because again, this has this did look like so many of these other games, is that Samaj Morgan is a guy that they can use as a legitimate weapon. I think the tunnel screen stuff they done they've done with him has kind of been his bread and butter. I like how they've used him in sort of the the jet sweep stuff. Uh, you know, the misdirection. Overall, I mean, I like seeing the way that Sharon Moore gets these guys open on offense with some of the, you know, the pre-snap motion, the misdirection. And again, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, the box score in a lot of ways, uh, you know, passing game. Again, JJ was off and went 24 for 37 for 335. No touchdowns this week, no picks, but Roman Wilson, 9 for 143. Colston Loveland, solid again, four catches, 55 yards. Donovan Edwards had a 39-yard catch that maybe could have been a touchdown. have to go back and watch the replay of it, but you know he continues to be an asset in the passing game when the run game stuff hasn't quite been there. Uh, a couple drops, uh, or at least one drop from Cornelius Johnson. Uh, you know, Some miscues, some off throws here and there, but uh, from J.J. McCarthy tonight, what did you make of his performance? And again, to me, I think bye week rust is, is the buzz phrase of the, the week here. I thought so. I thought he played really well and threw the ball really well almost all the time uh, when he was seeing man pressure or man coverage, man free. Uh, but when they confused him and got into some zone coverages and it made it to where receivers have to read, am I in the hole? Do I sit down? Do I continue? Do I... You know, you have to read where your coverage is going to be and make sure you don't run into coverage. Then JJ's got to see the same thing that the receiver sees, and they've got to be on the same page in order to execute those plays against zone coverage. And I think JJ got a little shook up, if I'm being honest. If I was scouting JJ McCarthy and I'm Penn State playing us next week, I noticed that on film that JJ McCarthy may or may not see it as clearly sometimes if you show pressure and then come out of zone, come out into zone. So I thought that was one thing that uh, we need to clean up uh, to be more efficient in the passing game. But overall, it played really, really well. Um, something that I thought was worth mentioning when we were talking about the run game and not getting that run game going is I thought this was one of the not so good performances that we've had at left tackle with Ladarius Henderson. I know that's been a constant battle between him and Miles Hinton. I thought he had um, not his best game. I don't ever want to take a kid down, but he played not his best game. I think he would probably agree with that. And I thought Carson Barnhart at times wasn't playing his best football on run plays and getting movement and stalemating and not playing with good leverage. So, um, there's definitely some things to clean up offensively from what was a good game, but some things to clean up, especially as you go into Penn State, who looked red hot today after not looking so good against Ohio State. 
offensive line for sure is uh listen at this point and i'm i'm willing to eat my words if things come together down the stretch but Probably not winning the Joe Moore Award a third year in a row. Uh, the tackle play, I think, has been just a little too inconsistent. And Drake Nugent, at times, you know, you forget. You know, the best compliment you can pay to an offensive lineman is that, you know, we don't talk about Zach Center a lot. We don't talk about Trevor Keegan a lot. Those guys come in and, and they do their job. And Drake Nugent, for the most part this year, has done that. But I noticed that he wasn't getting uh, as much push tonight either. Um, you know, I know that the Purdue's front, is a little weird. Uh, they got some good size there as well. Uh, Ryan Walters does a good job uh, scheming those guys up, but uh, I just it needs to be better because you're going to see maybe the best front you'll see all year next week when you play at Penn State. Uh, you're going to see a pretty good good one a couple weeks when you play Ohio State, and and the discussion around the run game has so often been, oh God, is is Blake Corum broken? Is Donovan Edwards broken? You look at some of the game film from last year, Ryan. Those guys up front were bulldozing teams, and there were holes that you could drive a Mack truck through at times. And that kind of space hasn't quite been there either. And Donovan Edwards' struggles have been well-plowed ground at this point. We've talked about that a ton. He's not a guy that's really doing a good job of running through contact or even absorbing contact right now. He tends to kind of either go down immediately or lose a yard or two. But, you know, overall, uh, if memory no, no turnovers on offense tonight, uh, you know they they still are doing a good job of. You know I think this is the biggest transformation with Michigan, is that two years ago, if you're a defense that takes the runaway, you're beating Michigan. I mean we saw it. Of you know really, I mean Georgia did it, but you know it, this this offense is not as beholden to the run as it used to be, and this is nine weeks in a row now where for the most part Michigan's carried the load through the air and you know if these elite defenses they see down the stretch start to scheme that up a little bit maybe there is some more room for these running backs i think it's a totally different ball game today specifically if purdue changes up and goes to a too high safety look at any point but they don't because we continue to run into their big front so uh it is a little bit misleading to think that our rushing rushing attack, the the lack of success is due to the offensive execution or a lack of execution. It is in part due to the scheme that Purdue plays, and we've seen that all year. And it it's one of those things that I feel like they're daring J.J. McCarthy to string it out there multiple times and whip it around the field, and we'll do it just enough to keep balance with our running game uh, because we like how consistent the running game is. So um, – you know, I, I think that we are going to see our biggest challenge next week, but I don't think you're ever going to see Michigan abandon the run game and not give Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards 25, 30 carries. I just don't see that happening, regardless of schematically what you end up seeing lined up across from you. I think we're still trying to figure out some of these technical things. Anthony, I think I see you. Are you with us? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you, which I assume means everybody can hear you. Welcome back. God, uh, thanks for holding on the fort there for a second. <laughs> Uh, Shane Johnson, our buddy who has been fighting the good fight, uh, for the Wolverine, uh, all over social media, all over national radio message board. Uh, he is, he is a known friend and trusted agent, as they say, uh, Shane says, uh, of course, you know, it's a historic season when you are disappointed with a 41, 13 win, six more to go. The season starts now dumbfounded running fourth and one from shotgun. Uh, Ryan, I assume, did you address that? 
I didn't actually get into that one. I did see it come through. Um, but uh, if you've listened to any of our podcast post game, anytime in short yardage, fourth and one, fourth and goal, third and one, third and goal, that we go to the shotgun, I am disappointed. Um, I, it's, I like the call. I, I don't hate the call, especially with the way the defense has been playing and how much you can rely. I say, you know, uh, put the defense, the defense can put you on their back. So, so put them out there and, and roll the dice in that situation. But play call wise, I do agree with you. I like under center. I like playing downhill and, and seeing if we can pick that up. But uh, I do like the aggressive play call. That's a hubris call to me. I mean, I know, uh, maybe hubris isn't the right word, but I know it's been an emotional few weeks. I know that a lot's been made about, you know, comments that Ryan Walters made to the media about Michigan's <laughs> situation. And you know what? I, I just to address that really quick, people, you guys are just going to have to kind of get used to that because this is going to be the narrative as long as Jim Harbaugh's at Michigan now. It's going to be the narrative as long as anyone talks about what's gone on in the last few years, and it might not ever go away. So, uh, again, uh, in terms of how coaches. What, what coaches say, uh, it, it's, again, it kind of just speaks for itself right now. So all the only path forward is through it, through them. Keep winning, keep dominating, and that's what they did tonight. Let's little, flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, this was it much uh, much smoother sailing for the most part. I know Purdue scores that touchdown late, get, gets the backdoor cover, but um, you know, overall stifling. Again, I, the last time I charted it, it was they had forced – at least six three and outs, and they had the one drive where you know they intercepted Hudson Card on the first play uh, from scrimmage on that drive. So seven drives where Purdue just had absolutely nothing going on, and that was the mo on them. Like Hudson Card's not Aiden O'Connell, and Charlie Jones isn't out there. Rondale Moore isn't out there. David Bell's not out there. They don't have that caliber of guy. So for this defensively to look like it did for most of this game, I think is just expected at this point. I would agree. And I also think that it's got to give some people some shout outs. I thought that the edge guys played really well today. Uh, there's two starting tackles that didn't make it, make it on the field today for Purdue. And we took advantage of that. I thought Braden McGregor showed up. Hughes looking like a little uh, Max Crob- Crosby crossover today. And uh, I thought that, Isaiah or Josiah Stewart had another good game. I thought Derek Moore played really well from the edge. Uh, uh, Harrell, when he lines up on the edge, played really well. The edge guys played really solid, I thought, today. And then the other guy I thought that showed up really strong today, opposite of, well, Will Johnson, obviously, but we expect him to show up. Um, But I think Josh Wallace is locking in that secondary corner position opposite of Will, Will Johnson. And he just seems to play downhill, triggers fast on balls, uh, plays physical when he gets to when he gets there arrives with violent intentions and all the things you're looking for and you know as we continue to roll some guys in one of the things i started to think about is we talk about on this post uh, this post game show all the depth that we have at the defensive side of the ball and how many times these guys are getting reps but there will be times when it's crucial where there has to be a solid number one or at least i'd like to think there is you know i don't think we're interchangeable when it's the last possession of the game. And we really haven't had to see that because of the way we've been winning and the the style that we've had these wins in. So um, it's interesting to see that develop as we get into some of these games that are supposed to be more challenging and and should push us a little bit. So uh, waiting to see where our final roster and depth chart is for that final drive. Who's our last 11? 
Yeah, I'm really, I'm again, it's hard not to be impressed. And Lorio has a $5 super chat here. It says it's Michigan that has to worry about the health and safety of their players. BS tactics by Purdue. Uh, yeah, we'll pause with the defense there really quick and take Lori's question. Um, I'm not going to make a big deal out of that. I think bad teams, as Purdue is, regardless of what's going on with Michigan right now, often slip into bad habits and lack discipline when things aren't going their way. Uh, we saw it with Michigan State a couple weeks ago. Obviously saw it a little bit tonight. Um, you know, there was some jawing on the field, and I'm sure there was some extra, um, you know, extra trash talk with everything that's going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Michigan has a target on its back right now, and it always has. Nothing's new there. Maybe it gets a little bigger. Maybe uh, you see teams play through the whistle a little bit more. Uh, but, again, I, it's just something that they kind of have to deal with. I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ryan? I'm sure you're going to see maybe a, a little more intensity when it comes to the chippiness and some of the different things that happen, especially when you get up on a team. But I think you expect that anyway when you get up on a team. And the target on our back has only been getting bigger ever since we started finding more success. And then now with the, the scandal that's constantly being brought up. So it's always going to be on your back. But I feel like that's the scarlet letter that you have to wear when you're at the top. I feel like when Bama was at the top, people said they were cheating. When Clemson was at the top, people said they were cheating. When Ohio State, as much as I hate to say it, has been at the top, people say, oh, they're cheating. It's just a matter of where are they, where are they cheating? Are they paying recruits? Are they giving them free tattoos? Are they giving them TVs and furniture? Are they giving them cars? Well, now we can do all those things. So the focus has to turn elsewhere. But when you're at the top, people like to try and find a reason that you got there that makes it disingenuine and, and takes away your validation for it. So um, wear this with honor. I'm happy that people think we're cheaters. I, I'm glad that they're upset. And I'm sure that the team is trying to embrace it in the same way. And just, you know, us versus them, let's do it. Yeah. And I don't get the sense that this is a team that's distracted by it either. I mean, playing football, that's not quite up to your standard in stretches of the game does not, you know, I know people are going to draw that conclusion, and I, and I know what the national storyline is going to be. Oh, well, Michigan didn't cover for the first time in several weeks, so you know what that means. Uh, you know, they're back to not – you know, they're back to on the level. It's just all Nick Saban uh, trademark rat poison right now. Uh, play the games. It's a 60-minute football game, and Michigan found a way to get it back. Um, again, defensively, I'll go back to that. Nice to see Will Johnson. Uh, Will Johnson has played – that was maybe his best game of the year. I think the PFF grades will probably bear that out too. Uh, Josh Wallace, I thought, uh, made a bold prediction on the message board, thought that he'd put on the turnover buffs tonight, but it was actually Mr. Turnover Buffs himself, Will Johnson. Um, you know, yeah, maybe you want to see some more sacks, uh, but, you know, I saw pressure. I saw throws being rushed. I saw a ton of guys rotating in and out. And at this point, I, I don't, I need to be a little more nuanced than saying that it's been boring, but here's my, uh, here's the nice way I'll put it. I'm ready for them to be challenged more and Penn state's going to be a step up in competition. Drew Aller is to this point, the best quarterback they will have seen. I don't know that they have the skill players and, and the explosiveness to ultimately, you know, hang with Michigan in that game. We'll talk about that next week, of course, but uh, you know, right now, I think we're fine. We finally reached the point where it's not fun to beat up on all these terrible football teams anymore. This is next week is the play. Every week's the playoff. I mean, you lose a game and that's going to be, that might be justification for a lot of things to be held against you. So just keep winning. 
it's it's exciting but at the same time all of a sudden everything gets a little bit tighter and <laughs> you start thinking about what the repercussions are for if you lose a game and uh i love it i mean in the intensity that it builds the last six weeks of college football are win or go home and it's not just michigan that's in that same position penn state ohio state in the big Ten are in that position georgia i think is in that position alabama i don't know what happened there with lsu but um there's some teams that are all in that position win or you know the playoff is out of it and you're just going to try and find your best place to to go to a bowl game and um it makes it for some exciting football here in november but uh michigan i feel like is right where they want to be and going into penn state i feel like finally we'll see like everybody that said that michigan has played nobodies and all this other stuff the only reason ohio state's sitting there at number one in the college football playoff is because they eked i'll say by penn state so if uh, Michigan can do more than just eke at Penn State's place. I think Michigan is going to have a much stronger resume than what people are giving us right now. And I'm here, and the, it just got way darker. Um, yeah, Megan, what do you think about taking uh, some questions behind the scenes there as I work to get the lights back on here? Um, so I, can I, read the super super I can read the super chat for you. We had Cameron Stokes come in with a 499 super chat saying weird things almost always seem to happen to us at home at night. I don't know. Hard to explain. Just weirdness and unusually sloppy. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think it's a bye week, but I mean, you could speak to it, Anthony. I, you, you were at the game, but to me, uh, anytime you come out of a bye week, this is something you can expect. But did you think it's part of the night game? It's possible. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it's just a little bit of a different, you just have to lock in differently there. And I, I don't know if it's a lot, it, it's, it's the night game. It's coming off of a bye week. I feel like they've had a few games at night coming off of a bye the last few years, but you just, you just kind of gut through it. And, and in a four quarter football game, there haven't been any teams on this schedule that have proven they can hang with them yet. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, I guess a little frustrating. It will probably be another long week of leaks and criticism and whatnot, but you're nine and zero, and you're in the driver's seat in the big 10 still. So uh, what else do we have? Sorry. I'm not able to see questions here until they're brought up guys. Again, we won't go super long. This one's from Tony Brent who says after nine weeks of an underwhelming run game, are we okay with just saying it's not going to happen this year? Or are we holding out hope that it will pick up in the last three weeks? Ryan, I will let you take the wheel there. I just feel like we know that we have great. I mean, there's no doubt that Blake Corm's one of the best players on the Michigan football roster. And there's also no doubt that Michigan has the offensive line to be able to punish and wear down other defenses. So I just feel like it's one of those things that you have to stay committed to because it's part of the identity of the Michigan football program. And uh, I would say that it's okay to abandon run more on first and second down, because I think that there's times where we're just running into brick walls where we know that there's eight guys in the box and we don't check out. We don't check to play action. We just continue to run our, our base runs. And, um, I think that that could come back and bite us in some of these bigger games if we don't have more success on first down and second down. But then you do see the change up and you see JJ and he's 92% when he's outside the pocket. He's 85% on play action pass or something crazy like that. So, um, you know, you don't want to see those numbers go away. And those numbers are there because of what success we've had or just because of the consistency, I guess, rather, of having that run game. So as unattractive and unsexy as the run game has been, I don't think Michigan 
Michigan is as effective and efficient as they are on offense currently without the same commitment to it. And it's going to take a little more creativity too, uh, like we like we've talked about. Um, you know, I like you know they're getting those different guys involved. Like Cornelius Johnson had a carry tonight. You know, Samaj Morgan had you know you know obviously the play of the game a forty four yard touchdown run. I mean that was he continues to impress. He's going to be a gadget guy. Uh, still working on a comparison for him. I need to see a little more of him. You know, the full skill set unleashed, but. I watched that guy play a game last year when he was with West Bloomfield and they played him everywhere and he could do everything. And so I'm not really surprised uh, with what we've seen out of him so far, but yeah, I mean, it's, it has been underwhelming. I, you know, I often say that anything that happens in the vacuum of one game, whatever you deal with it, two games. Okay. Starting to become a trend three games and on it's kind of what you are at this point, what you put on film. And, um, you know, last year, you were a strong rushing team and then you flipped the script late in the year and the past game came on. The hope is, is that that's what you are this year. Uh, you know, if you're able to find a way to run the football a little more creatively, because I think to win a national title, to, to run this thing out, you are going to have to be able to run the football. So uh, this one's from Cameron Stokes for four ninety nine. He says, actually appreciated Ryan Walter's honesty. At least he was honest, not hiding behind the anonymous title unpopular opinion maybe no i respect it um i think if i think that there are coaches in this league that have a right to be pissed i do um and i've said if michigan is found guilty of some of the things they're accused of you know if they're found guilty of cheating and you know i don't know how you quantify you know the type of competitive advantage that they may have had but i mean coaches uh, i do respect when you don't run off to ESPN and say something anonymously or run off to the athletic or Yahoo sports and say something anonymously, like put your name to it. And people, I mean, people are going to get mad regardless, but uh, you know, these coaches have to stick up for their team too. So I, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, you know, the only thing you could do is blow them out and then do the blow by handshake at the end of the football game. That's really all that there is to do. It also always looks good if you're looking not to get ushered out the door to make sure that you have a great excuse to stand on when you do get beat to uh, look back and say, well, they, they were at our game. So that's part of it. But, uh, you know, I, I guess I can respect the fact that you do put your name on it with some of the anonymous and the leaks and all this other, you know, uh, high school lunchroom crap that's been going on in the Big Ten. But uh, I just think that it's. Me personally, which I think is something that we haven't talked about, but uh, doesn't have to be something to go into, like the advantage level that it would give you to have signals uh, from the other team, it's not going to make a the, – the, the percentage difference I feel like it's going to make in the game is so insignificant, which is one of the reasons I think that this is so overly blown. But, um, you know, it, it's a young coach that uh, has a good reason that, he couldn't keep up with Michigan this year and no one expected him to. So let me ask this um, as, as bluntly as I can possibly ask it and, and whatnot. And this isn't to, this has whatever you say, it obviously has no bearing on what's going on now, but like as a player, would you even have knowledge of anything like this going on on the sideline? Or, I mean, do you, I, I don't, I don't know. So that's why it's been tough for me because I don't know the what's going on and I don't want to be a source of any type, you know, but yeah, when I was playing and I, before I was playing 
uh, would think many years before I was playing, there are people designated on your staff, and I know there's people designated on the other team's staff, to watch you and your personnel that you run in and the different coaches signaling to you because the faster you know that they have two tight ends and one running back in the game, the faster you can go to your play sheet as a D coordinator and go, all right, I want my nickel package. And with my nickel package, I want a pressure. So for my pressures from nickel, here's where I go. So like you're watching them and you pick up as much as you can. It's not like you go, okay, look for the personnel, but don't see if you can recognize the play. Like, of course, like, and if it's this, a lot of time it's draw. A lot of times people do this for screen. Like there's a lot of consistent plays. Like it's one of those things as you watch a game, if you see the left guard on a pass pro tap his right hip and he slides that way, the next time he taps his hip, am I supposed to ignore the fact that last time he did that X happened? As a player, I see that and I, I change what I do, you know? And so when it comes to these people talking about, well, they stole signals and they had their plays, that really doesn't mean jack shit, excuse language, but it really doesn't because it's after midnight, it's fine. You know, it, because it, without video surveillance, if that's what was used, who knows? But without video surveillance, I know that from the left hash and 11 personnel, especially in this particular formation, odds are I'm getting this play and it's a run. And people have been doing that for years and years and years. And so that's one of the things that I just think is so funny is like, it's, oh, they cheated. It's not, I don't know. Yeah. There's different levels of cheating and what tier one, tier two, tier three cheating is, because this is something that everybody has been doing. And I would challenge you to find someone that accidentally learned someone's play for a signal and said, guys, don't use that information. We weren't supposed to know that they use it just like everybody else. Yeah. And again, I will say that, um, obviously stealing signs, it's, you know, if you notice when you play a guy in poker that when he has a certain hand, he, you know, twitches his eye or something, you're going to use that information. You know, if you see it, you're going to use that information. It's, it goes right back to what you talked about. So again, I understand that the topic at hand is how you obtain the information to decipher those signs. Um, again, we've done several hours of shows on this at this point on the site. So we won't rehash all of that. Um, I think maybe we'll take, uh, I assume this, this is, uh, <laughs> AM 89 for $10. So several times a game, Edward seems just one ankled grab away from a big breakaway play. Is it legal to smear bacon grease on the tops of his shoes or at least butter question mark? <laughs> Uh, who knows? We should check the rule book, I would say, because if you had something well, like this occur, this the they might burn down the Big Ten headquarters if we weren't punished. So uh, let, <laughs> let, let me tell you this. I have uh, I'm a football writer, right? Like I'm not qualified for legal advice or bylaws, but I think I know the NCAA rule book, at least in terms of rule 11.6.1, about as well as anyone right now. Uh, I didn't see the. The subsection about bacon grease or butter or household items, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just, uh, just not as elusive as you'd hope he would be this year. Um, oh, I was gonna so, say. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to it. cut you off. I was actually gonna say something similar, and it just seems like if you ever watch uh, Pacheco for for Kansas City Chiefs run when he gets into contact and some other running backs, but he just comes to mind specifically because he has the Edwards frame. It's like his feet move faster in contact. And Donovan Edwards, he gets these long strides and stretches and he gets these ankle tackles. And it's like he's he's in a gear he shouldn't be in yet. You know, he's just too excited to get through the hole and maybe see some green grass. So he overstrides and gets that ankle tackle. But I swear he's right there. He's not out of rhythm by a lot. He's a half a millisecond 
away from breaking some of these. And it was nice to see him get at least some explosive plays, see him get in the end zone. He's a weapon that we need to just keep keep the fire running because there will be a time where he gets green grass in front of him and it pays off big for Michigan. I know there will be. All right. Well, uh, that's our Donovan Edwards segment for the week. Uh, if we have any more super chats, Megan, we can pull them up uh, or I'll take one more question here. And then I think we're going to, br- we're going to cut a little early tonight, but uh, I'll take this question from John Schultz and get out of here. He says, do you think Michigan will run JJ more next week? Seems like they wanted to keep him healthy this week and didn't risk running him. I mean, I think I think all options are on the table. Next week is a playoff game. Um, we saw those shackles come off, you know, against TCU last year. Made some plays in the Ohio State game, and you know he has the license to um, to kind of improvise and, and do things on the fly. But uh, I don't know that there will be a ton of called runs for him. But I think that he will have the license to to do that if if need be. I think you're going to see a whole lot of, because this would be my game plan. I don't want to give anything away or get in trouble for for doing anything illegal, but I feel like you're going to see a whole lot of 12 personnel with uh, Loveland and Barner, uh, Barner both in the game, and a lot of first down play action with J.J. rolling left, rolling right, and putting linebackers, nickels in positions where they have to decide, are they going to cover the tight end? Are they going to come up and take J.J.? And then J.J. has to make a decision to either dump the ball or take off and make a play with his legs because that's one thing that I feel like you didn't see a lot of today he was in the pocket a ton but you didn't see a lot of rollout play action that type of thing and that is I mean JJ is so successful when he's in that rollout and can see the entire field and has the option to use his legs and puts defenses in such stressed positions. So um, I think you'll see J.J. run more, but I think it's actually going to be just more movement and getting J.J. on the move even if it's running him in order to pass. Couldn't put it any better myself. Uh, it's playoff time, folks. Uh, it's November. The leaves are almost completely on the ground. There is, you know, the crisp fall weather is in the air. And it's time to play for a championship. Penn State next week, Maryland the week after, then Ohio State at home. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to the Wolverine uh, here on YouTube. Uh, do us do us a huge favor in that regard. Uh, get access to the Wolverine premium uh, content for a dollar for your first month. Uh, head over to the Wolverine.com for that as well. Uh, Ryan Van Bergen, thank you for your time. Producer Megan behind the scenes, thank you for your time. Thank you all of you guys uh, for listening and for bearing with us, bearing with me, I should say. Won't throw the whole show on the sword uh, through some technical issues and, and snafus tonight. But uh, that's going to do it for us. Michigan wins 41-13 over Purdue. Onward to Penn State. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,